We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Mekas and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I am your host, Nick Dayas at The Lamb Show is where you can find me at Veterans Minimum, where you can find everything for this show. Thank you all for listening. I don't know what's happened, guys, with the podcast, but it's fucking dope. Over the last two weeks, there's been a spike in downloads. There's been a spike in unique um, listeners. New people are finding the show. The way I've been building the show has been word to mouth and, and to everybody that listens to the show, follows me, follows the show, watches me on Twitch. Anything goes, everything and anything goes to the same place. The members of the Twitch community who have donated to help me buy this new microphone that you see over here. Ho! Oh, I appreciate it. Everything is going back into the show. I'm working on building a new studio. Alan is coming over later tonight and we're recording some stuff. You Patreon members, we are firing that bitch up once again. I have led you in the wrong direction. 
I apologize for not taking it as serious as I should be taking it. I've already addressed a lot of you on a Zoom conference call that we all had, and I appreciate the feedback from a lot of you. A big shout out real quick to Nick Chavez, Ryan Pisner, Christopher Velasquez, Corey Johnson Hoops, Derek Plates, and Daniel Gibson, your monthly contributions to the show. Thank you all so much. To the members of the Twitch community, if you follow me on social, man, you'll know what the channel is. I'm not going to plug it, but big ups to you guys. And everything that is contributed to the show or to myself, it's going back into Veterans Minimum. Um, and I appreciate it, man. There's been a big spike in downloads and listens. Like I said, I don't know what's happening, but a storm is brewing. A storm is coming. And there's room, man. There's room for the bandwagon. Uh, we're having fun. We're having a good time. Alan and I are banging out a lot of episodes behind the scenes. We want everything to be locked in and moving forward. We are going to be giving you even more than before. Um, there's been a big growth, and I appreciate it. Also, if you guys are watching this on the YouTube channel, a lot of fun stuff coming out on the YouTube channel. I'm going to start doing weekly videos on topics at hand, right? There's so many that I'm going to be covering on this episode too obviously i'm flying flying solo it's been a while since i've done a solo pod been able to have some really really cool guests over the last couple of months but just a lot of things i want to get off my chest and i want to address so that's why i took the time to really put this out there first uh i want to give a chance to my guy dom who does the video editing not to throw so much on his plate that he can't really take his time to put out the content also, you know, cause now we're going to be going back to recording video stuff as well, because Alan and I will be able to link up in person. Also building a studio, like I've been saying, looking to rent an apartment in Queens, make it more convenient for my guests. So as of Tuesday this week, so tomorrow, uh, today's the 15th. So on the 16th, you'll be able to get next week's episode of VM. And hopefully by Wednesday, we'll have the video up for it by the end of the week. So it's going to give you guys more incentive to become a member of the Patreon. And what we're going to be doing is, if you guys have been following the show the last couple of years, uh, sort of a dive into the divisions, but not so much who's going to win it, who we think is going to be good, but the additions, subtractions, the storylines, the X factors, those have always gotten some really, really good feedback in the past because... People want the NFL and people are starving for the NFL. So we give you guys these little division previews. I got a couple of guests lined up, uh, some familiar faces, some new faces, some different faces as well. I guess those tie in together. But yeah, man. So starting starting this week, I did want to take this time to really address everyone because you guys know me, man. And I think one of the reasons why everyone really gravitates to this show is because I'm honest to you guys. I, I like to put my business out there. I like to talk about these things because in the past I was shy and embarrassed to talk about certain things and it put me in different and weird situations. So now I'm like an open book. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I don't know, but it makes me feel better when I'm honest with my audience. And that's why I think you guys like the content and you guys are hopping on the bandwagon, man. And the bandwagon's moving quick, but there's room. There's room. And we're headed to the top because the views are nice up there. So... I've been rambling a lot. The last thing I would like for you guys to do is go over to the iTunes app. If you listen to the podcast on iTunes, write a review real quick. We're at 347 reviews. If we get to 400, I'm giving out a big, big VM merch bundle. And yeah, speaking of the merch, a lot of people have been asking for the hats. Shout out to everyone who bought a hat. The jean hats fucking flew off. 
Like I made, I made 20 Vice City hats and I sold them all in a day. And I didn't even really promote them. I kind of just put up a picture and everyone loved them. So we do have team edition hats that we can put together. Shout out to my guy, Lucas, over at Blipstar. He's doing his thing. That's the plug right there. Show him some love. And yeah, man, enough about that. There are some topics that I definitely want to address and I definitely want to talk about. And a lot has been going on. And I think one of the things that I mentioned in passing before was the idea of doing NFL division breakdowns. And one thing that I really want to talk about is some of the news that broke today. I guess breaking news a couple hours before I started recording this. Houston Texan and Dallas Cowboy players have tested positive for the coronavirus. Ezekiel Elliott, he's one of the players that was mentioned. Zeke, about a week ago, was seen out at a bar or a club per some sources. And now with things starting to open up in the U.S. and all around the world, I saw a video of people in New Zealand fucking going ape shit, and there's thousands of people in the stands welcoming back sports. And I can't wait until we get back sports because there's a lot of things happening out there. And sports does provide an escape for a lot of people. Shit, I watched Backlash yesterday as a wrestling fan. And it was dope to just put my phone down and watch for three hours with no distractions. And just enjoy, be entertained. And it provides a nice escape. And that really put things into perspective for me to how much we desperately need sports back. Because it's an escape, man. It's really an escape. And there are a lot of things that are going on in the world right now. And I think the one thing we could all agree on is that sports are a nice place for us to be able to relax, sit back, boo the teams we hate, cheer for the teams we love, and just take our minds off things. The 9 to 5 gig, the the protesting, the 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 actions of certain individuals, the 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 news just constantly being depressing no matter what is on the news. It's just always just it's disheartening, you know? And that's what I think with sports is going to be the coolest thing about that opening up back and what's going to happen with the NFL, right? The NFL is a buzzsaw, it's a juggernaut, we all know that. And they make so much money on a weekly basis. It's the number one television product on I I believe in 2019 uh, 17 of the 20 highest rated programs on, in television was an NFL product. One of them was the draft also, which goes to tell you how big of a number the draft gets. And I think the other two things were like the national championship and a playoff game that Alabama had. Something crazy. So football dominates everything. Now what's going to happen with football? Can you have 80,000 people come September in a stadium? I don't know. I don't know what the guidelines are going to be. I do know that they're going to have to make a decision sometime in the near future. And it got me thinking from a betting perspective, because you guys know I like to gamble. And, you know, we like to talk about betting on here, too. One of the many things we like to discuss. What's going to happen to the teams like Minnesota, New Orleans, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Green Bay? Um, I'm trying to think of an, an, another New, New England. I don't know if I mentioned them, but. Think of how dominant those teams have been over the last decade because of the home field advantage that they have. How is that going to play into the win totals that you see for some teams? You know, the San Francisco 49ers and the Saints have win totals of 10 and a half. I've been doing the 32 and 32 on the IG at Veterans Minimum, cheap plug. And they, they have the two highest projected win totals in all of the NFL in the NFC, 10 and a half wins. The Saints, we know about the Superdome, brother. And they benefit probably 
the most of any team in the NFL from having a home field advantage. So what is that going to look like? What is it going to look like not having 80,000 people in an arena or a stadium, I should say, not an arena? And how is that going to influence things, right? How many times do you not take players in DFS because they're going on the road or you're not going to bet a certain team because they're going into the Superdome? They're going to play the 12th man in Seattle. So I think that's very important to factor in what's going to happen with the NFL. These teams like Baltimore who have a dominant home field presence, Kansas City, Arrowhead, Chiefs Kingdom. I don't, they always show the, uh, the, the, the scale when I forgot what it's called, like the decibels of how loud it gets in there. That definitely helps these teams. So I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out. I think it's something very important. I think we're we're on the cusp. If there's not going to be any fans in the stadiums, you're talking about a very, very unique NFL season. How many games are determined because of home field, because of a third and eight, and there's a false star penalty, and then all of a sudden it becomes third and 13 for a road team. So I think the idea of not having fans in the crowd is going to be super important. Of all the sports, I think it's the one sport that it could really dictate the outcome of certain games. You know, because in the NBA, man, like what hasn't LeBron James seen? He's gone into Golden State game seven, right? And he's won, right? He's he's, he's done the game seven thing against the Spurs. He's he's played on the road in hostile environment. Like at, the, at some point, these NBA vets, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, maybe James Harden if he goes into the city with a dope-ass strip club. <laughs> For the most part, these dudes, they've seen it all. They've been through it all. It doesn't really affect them. But I think in the NFL, it does play a big role. You see it get factored into the lines, the betting lines on a weekly occasion. So I'm definitely curious to see what happens. And I do think one thing that all these leagues have been able to see is what's been happening in the UFC and the proper precautions they've taken with the COVID-19. How they've isolated fighters. How they've kicked off, they've kicked fighters off cards because they tested positive for the coronavirus. Oh, your corner man got corona? Sorry, dog. He's out. You're out too. We can't have that, right? I do find it funny though, I gotta say. I find it funny when <laughs> these guys and girls are literally about to bleed and sweat on each other. And then the day before weigh-ins, they're fucking gloves and masks. Like, dude, that, it's 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 kind of funny, no? How is it not funny when literally you're locked in a cage and you're going to beat the piss out of each other? But the day before, you need to have gloves, you need to have a mask on. And I get it. I get it, the precaution. I just found it funny. I don't know. To chime in, let me know what you guys think. But, man, the UFC has done countless testing, right? They've isolated fighters and cornermen. And reporters, too. Now more and more reporters are able to go and sit ringside and, and do the live tweets and cover these events. And I think the UFC, for as much as they've been in the news over the last couple of weeks, in a negative effect, a lot of these big-name fighters either retiring or vacating the title because they want more money, they've done a hell of a job, man. you got to give them credit because they're the only dog in town they're capitalizing on the idea that they don't have another league, literally another league competing with them. There's no other live sports going on right now. Bundesliga has opened up in Germany. A couple, La Liga has started. Syria has started. All these soccer leagues. But you know who the first dog in town was? Dana White in the UFC. So as much as you want to criticize them for what they've been doing, you also got to show them some love because... 
the UFC has gotten a lot of new fans. Dude, talking to people in Discord and on Twitch and even some of the homies, they never were into the UFC like that. But before you know it, we're starving. As a society, we are desperate for live sports, and that's what the UFC is giving you right now. So the UFC is able to capitalize on the idea of being the only show in town. They're the standalone game, to use the football reference that I constantly talk about. Everyone watches Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, and Thursday Night Football more than any other game on the entire slate of a particular week in the NFL because those games are isolated isolated from everything else. There's eight 1 p.m. football games on every Sunday. There's four 4 p.m. football games on every Sunday. So what happens? Monday Night Football is one of the biggest spots of the week because there's nothing else going on in the NFL. So everyone's eyes are glued into that. That's why... If a team gets blown out on Monday Night Football, you see how undervalued they are the week after. Or to flip the script, a team that blows out someone, that number is also inflated the following week. So the UFC right now, very similar to the primetime effect in the NFL, where these teams have the spotlight to themselves. The UFC has had the spotlight to themselves. The hardcore fans knew how dope Justin Gaethje was all these years. I've been saying that he's the wild card in that 155 division. But what happens? They fight in the first live event in the U.S. of any sports league. They do great pay-per-view numbers. Gaethje goes out and dominates a legend in the game in Tony Ferguson. It's a sport that really does well when they have big names. That's why the UFC is in this really, really unique time period. Because not only are they the only show in town right now in the U.S., they are also having a lot of big names to the public and the casual fan. The guy that to, the guy or girl that tunes into only the numbered events, right? The pay-per-views, the two, 248s, the 251s, the 260s. Conor McGregor retires. Jorge Masvidal, 2019 fighter of the year. He's not fighting for the belt. He's the number one contender. UFC's like, all right, yo, Burns, you're in. You're fighting Usman. Henry Cejudo a two-division champion, triple C, quadruple C, if you want to throw in the cringe aspect of him, he's walking away from it. John Jones, he wants more money to fight Francis Naganu, who's an absolute savage, and all you got to do is look at that dude. If you Google him or go to his Instagram, it'll be like, yeah, I understand why John Jones wants more money. That dude just starches people, barely clips you and sends you into another planet. So what, what's happening now with the UFC? You're hearing this idea of these fighters wanting more money. And it's very important to understand of all the sports in the world, the MMA fighter, in particular in the UFC, because the UFC has a deal with Reebok, which is coming to an end. But right now, at the time we're recording, they have a deal with Reebok. And they don't have that luxury they used to have in the past. What I mean by that is, in the past, they used to have sponsors. If you go back to 2013-14 highlights of the UFC, you would see the gear was dope. John Jones had a crazy deal with Nike. It used to be sick gear, right? You owned some uh, energy drink company. You could go to a fighter and be like, yo, man, here's 10K. Can you throw my logo on your shorts? And the fighter would be like, yeah, dope. Of course. They don't have that luxury now. That's why a lot of guys sometimes leave the UFC and they prefer it. Though, sure, you're not in the NFL. You're not in the NBA. You're in the B League, which it, it kind of sucks to say 
because there's some dudes in Bellator that are savages and they could be anyone in the UFC also. But they go over there because Bellator allows them to have sponsors. And with the UFC, these fighters are underpaid, man. And you guys know from some of the interviews that I've done, some of the people that I know in MMA, I'd say I'm pretty well connected, but also I'm very close with some of these people. And they've told me, dude, a guy gets fit. Let's just look at a fighter. Say a fighter wins his fight. Wins $50,000, right? He gets the knockout of the night, gets $50,000, gets the bonus. His fight just to show and win probably made $20,000 to show, made $20,000 on the win. So before his bonus, he makes $40,000. And you're probably saying like, yo, $40,000 for one fight? Dope. You know, hashtag how rich. It ain't like that, chief. It is not like that. They got to pay their nutritionist nutritionist they got to pay their gym membership and look they're not in just one gym right say you're fighting a guy who's a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt you're gonna go to a bjj gym and you'll pay that coaching staff and you'll have that gym membership that you have to pay just for that camp right you have to pay your agent you have to pay your manager you're paying your housing a lot of times these guys and girls they go and fight in brazil and they go down to brazil three, four weeks in advance to get acclimated to the high altitude and the, 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 the time change and getting your body accustomed to that area of the world that you're fighting in. What happens when you go and fight in Asia? They do the same thing. They're out there for a couple of weeks. They go to Australia out there for a couple of weeks. So you're paying for the renting and the housing and the transportation and all that stuff before you know it. And then taxes. How, how, how do I forget the tax aspect? And you're also paying for travel for certain individuals to come out to your fights. Before you know it, 75% of that $40,000 is gone. And then you're looking and that's why these guys and girls after fights, they're like, hey, hey, Dana, let me get the 50K. Or they're, they're, they're making their case for knockout of the night or, or fight of the night or performance of the night. It's because any little bit helps. Dude, there was a kid that fought a couple of weeks ago and... He was an underdog in the fight. God, I'm forgetting his name, but it, I'm going to try to find the clip on Instagram. Dude started crying when he's being interviewed post-fight because he's like, man, I didn't want to go to work on Monday and I, I think I'm going to be able to get the bonus. It's like, yo, these guys also have real nine to five jobs and they're training to get punched in the face and their arms to snap and they're locked into a cage. And before you know it, they have to go back to their jobs on Monday. No other profession, no other form of sport of the major sports. Like, I, I don't know what, like, a fucking lacrosse player makes, so sue me. But, yo, you're a professional fighter in the biggest professional league in the world. Some of these dudes got to go have jobs on Monday. It just... It's crazy to think about. So that's why these fighters want more pay. And I feel them. You know, another issue that the UFC has with these with these fighters is they agree to contracts. And then before you know it, they become superstars. They have these situations in the past. You have these fighters in the past that agree to a five, six fight deal. 
and then you know they're kind of just happy to be there or they're happy with the money they're getting there and then before you know it they go on a three fight winning streak and you're someone like Masvidal who gets that knockout on Ben Askren and his stardom just skyrockets to the top and then he has that big fight against Nate Diaz at MSG for the BMF title. The Rock is there. The President of the United States is there in the audience. Like, this was a big-ass event. And then when Masvidal agreed to his contract, it's completely different from what his status as a fighter is now. So he's asking for more money. They blow up, and then they want to renegotiate. Fighters agree to certain deals, and then, boom, shit fucking explodes for them, and they want to renegotiate. There's also less money that the UFC is bringing in right now because there's no audience. There's no live gate. Pay-per-view buys are the only thing that they could go off of. But what is a fighter making at fight night at the apex? No live gate is a big issue because they get a percentage of that live gate. When you're the headliner, when you're the, that's why Connor, it's such a big draw to fight Connor because you're going to get a percentage of that pay-per-view buy. And that's why that famous video of him talking to Dos Anjos Saying, you know, bring out the red panties. Baby, we did it. We're rich. Connor made us rich. Like, that's true, bro. You fight Connor right now, that's the biggest fight from a money standpoint that you can you can have in the whole UFC. Everyone wants the Connor fight. At 145, at 155, at 170. Everyone wants that fight. Because McGregor's gonna be the headliner. And everyone that's listening to this right now is probably gonna watch that pay-per-view because it's Connor. Connor has also surpassed the sport. That's a different discussion we'll have for another time. But it's important to just understand that, you know, I have friends that are in the UFC and they tell me like, dude, before you know it, I, I probably have like $10,000 to my name that I could go and, you know, I could go buy the new Xbox or PS5 or I could go and, you know, go a weekend out with the misses or go a weekend out with the boys and just spend two, $3,000. And then if you really factor in the hours that they're putting into this, how much are they really making? How much money are they really bringing in? So I hope this clears up a little bit of the idea of what's happening right now with UFC fighters and what some of the big issues are right now with the UFC and some of these big names. All right, let me, let me pay some bills right now, do this read real quick. And then I got some NBA stuff and some NFL stuff I want to address as well. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and props to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And I know what you guys are thinking. Yo, that was one read? Yes, it was. I'm getting really good at what I do. The NBA is scheduled to restart again July 31st. Um, the NBA was the first league to really take the initiative of canceling their season. Rudy Gobert, Jazz versus Thunder. On my birthday, ironically enough, March 11th, that's when the league really came to a halt because of the coronavirus pandemic. And then the Board of Governors approved a new schedule, a new format for the rest of the season. 
some people are on board, some people are not on board. And there are two players with polar opposite ideas of how they should go about the NBA coming back. You got Kyrie Irving, who Kyrie Irving, man, for as much as people like to make fun of him for the flat earth stuff, and there's a running joke with my buddy Dylan about he's such a, a wild card. And there's on, on Nets on Nets Twitter, he showed me a picture of Kyrie sort of like looking back over his shoulder, smirking, and in the background is a house on fire. Because that's been the running joke how everywhere he's been the last couple of years has been a nightmare, especially in the locker room, right? Was going to the finals every single year with LeBron James. That wasn't good enough. He wanted to be his own guy. Goes to Boston. Goes to Boston. One day he's all in. The next day he's saying, if they want me back, I'll be here. Kind of completely checks out in that Buck series. Wants to guard Giannis, which was absolutely ridiculous. Goes to the Nets, new beginning. KD comes on over. We haven't seen them two take the court. He gets hurt, gets shut down for the season. Then he's healthy enough to come back. Then he's excited that KD might come back. And then he comes out and says, I don't support going into Orlando. I'm not with the systematic racism and the bullshit. Something smells a little fishy. This was Kyrie Irving on a conference call with NBA players about the season returning. Per Shams. And... Then you look on the flip side, Patrick Beverly, who there's a there's a big distinct there's a big big difference between having the juice and having the sauce. The juice is temporary, but the sauce lasts forever. Some people come in and they got the juice and they're dope for a little bit. But there's some people, like LeBron James, who got the sauce. Per Pat Bev21 on Twitter. Hoopers say what y'all want. If King James said he hooping, we all hooping. Not personal, only business. Hashtag stay woke. It's the same exact thing that happened with the NFL when Pat Mahomes came out and said, yo, I'm down with this cause. I'm in that video with Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, uh, Tyron Matthew, Odell, um, uh, Jarvis Landry. And reports came out straight up. No BS. Reports came out that NFL executives stepped out and made a comment. Roger Goodell made a comment on everything that's going on in this country over the last couple of weeks because they saw the golden goose of the league say, yo, I'm not with this shit either. And I'm speaking out and I'm using my platform. And that goes to show you that the leagues get behind the golden goose. Pat Mahomes is the next guy up. I mean, shit, he's already the guy right now. Right? In two seasons, he has over 85 touchdown passes that he's thrown. It was fucked up all of last season and still was the best quarterback on the planet. And then they go on and they win the Super Bowl MVP and a Super Bowl MVP in his first three seasons, first two seasons as a starter. And when they come out and they see, yo, Pat Mahomes is speaking up. Oh, shit. This is, this is the guy. This is the face of the league. How many more years does Brady have? Not many. Rodgers? Rodgers is, is, is outspoken now, too. So that's what happens when Pat Mahomes comes out and takes a stand and makes his voice be heard because he got the sauce. You look at LeBron James, like Pat Bev said, we can say what we want, but if LeBron James is going to be there and he's going to be hooping, then we're hooping. And it goes to show you that these guys have power beyond what we think they have. They have power in the league. 
They have power in organizations and they have power amongst their peers. And you can't hate them for that. You can't hate them for that. This is something that they are the best at what they do and people are going to listen to them. And I think it's very important to remember that these guys command a lot of a lot of power in their respected league because of the status that they've had and also their impact, right? If a jobber is not going to be able to to use the wrestling reference a jobber, a jobber is not going to be able to command this kind of juice and sauce. He's just not. And for those of you that don't understand that the term jobber in wrestling is a guy who is brought in to make the stone colds and the rocks and the triple H's of the world look good at what they do. So they job, they, they do the job, they do the deed, they get pinned, they lose, they make the guy look like a hundred bucks, a million bucks. I should say hundred bucks. That's not really saying much. That's what I think is going to happen, man. If LeBron James says he's going to be there, then everything is going to move accordingly. And there are a lot of players that are kind of iffy about it. Donovan Mitchell came out and said, Carmelo Anthony, we've seen Damian Lillard make headlines with his new song that, that debuted and Damian Lillard, mad good rapper, yo, mad good rapper. Like he's just a good rapper. Not because he's an athlete. Like he's a dope rapper and he's taking a stand too. And these athletes are using their platform to speak their mind. You can't fault them from that. Shit. This is what I'm doing right now. Right. I'm speaking my mind. I'm telling you how I feel about things when I, whenever I do a podcast. So they're just using their platform. Now what happens though? What happens with the NBA when they come back to Orlando? What kind of testing are they going to do? Are they going to talk to the UFC and be like, yo, man, how are you able to manage this? The UFC during that Jacksonville trip, those three events that they did in May in Jacksonville, it was the, it was uh 249. Then it was that weird Wednesday card with Teixeira and Smith. And then it was that next Saturday card. The UFC tested over a thousand people. That's what the NBA is going to have to do. That's what the NBA is going to have to do. We talked about on the last couple of episodes what teams are going to benefit from this, what teams are not, not being able to play in front of their home crowds and in their audience. And I think it's going to come down to who's been keeping in shape, who's really been in shape during quarantine. And and I think the experience of certain teams that have been there, done that, the LeBron Jameses of the world, Kawhi Leonard, that's why I think the, those two LA teams are gunning to meet in the Western Conference Finals. Hot take, I know. But those teams, man, with the experience, like I worry about young teams, right? I worry about a team like Miami. Who I like Miami. I like Miami. I have a financial investment on Miami. I think Miami's going to be one of those teams that are going to not benefit from playing in a neutral site. I know it's their home state. Robbie, shouts my guy Robbie on the People's Podcast last week. He picked the Heat as like a sleeper, but I think Miami's one of those teams that really benefit from having a great home field. Philly, the same thing. So I'm excited to have the NBA come back, but I don't think we've seen the end of these players speaking out and saying that they don't feel comfortable with going back. And look, it's it's not a sure thing that this virus has moved on. Even the UFC with all their testing, they had to kick fighters off their cards and they had to move things around. And with the NBA, you're talking about a 12 to 15 man rotation, coaches, trainers, equipment guys. It's a lot of people you're going to be testing. 
and a lot of isolation. You're not going to be able to be. You're basically going to be moving to Orlando for the foreseeable future if you're these NBA teams. You're not going to be commuting back and forth. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited that I think things are starting to pick back up. We'll be getting sports back soon. And just moving forward, it's going to be a nice relief for everybody. I do think that it's something that we've all been waiting for for a really long time. And it's something that needs to be done. So enough about my rambling. I hope you guys enjoyed this. It's been a while since I flew solo. So give me your thoughts, man. Tell me you you like what I'm saying. You hate what I'm saying. I'm crazy. At Veterans Minimum, at The Lamb Show is where you can find everything for the show. And I'll catch you guys next time. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got? Uh, this one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill. Can't let a drop of me spill. Clogging the lane, I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.